Welcome to Leave Your Mark, where I explore the influences that have shaped the lives of our incredible guests. These are the stories of lives worth talking about. Follow me on Twitter at Built by Scott and Instagram at King O'Pain, or link up with me on my Facebook fan page at Scott G. Livingston. My goal is to create a community of people who take every opportunity to live high-performing lives. Before I get started on today's podcast, I want to take a moment to connect you with my sponsor, ReconditioningHQ.com. Reconditioning is now completely virtual. This amazing operating system that brings the worlds of therapy and performance together in one powerful package can now be digested from the comfort of your home or personal workspace. Reconditioning is about unleashing the human in human performance. It's about understanding why you or your clients are not performing or living your best life and giving you and your clients the skills for optimal performance. Our courses, R1 Foundations and R2 Designs take you through a complete process in assessment and intervention. Our Reconditioning Specialist Mentorship pulls everything together in your operating context, and our landmark program, Empower You, helps you navigate your own life so you can be your very best. For more information about reconditioning courses and programs, head over to reconditioninghq.com and use the coupon code LYM50 for $50 off the price of any one of our empowering courses. Most recently, Matrix Fitness Canada partnered with Playball Academy Canada in Kitchener, Ontario to create the Matrix Conditioning Centre. The Matrix Conditioning Centre within the facility provides PBA athletes and coaches access to the best and most current conditioning tools to support their development. By combining the Matrix research on product usage with customized needs of the coaches, simple performance metrics are being developed in a body-friendly and progressive way. It is a hybrid model combining high-performance metric analysis with coach-friendly opportunities. Speed training, sprint mechanics, coaching, metabolic conditioning, warm-up and cool-down are all some of the examples of how these tools are being used. Playball Academy Canada was established in 2014 and has developed into one of the premier indoor baseball training facilities in the country. From grassroots player and skill development to the pro level, the facility and its programming continue to evolve and grow. Matrix Fitness is a global brand of fitness equipment that serves exercisers and operators from all corners of the globe. When it comes to sport performance, Matrix Portfolio continues to grow through its partnership with amateur and professional sports organizations globally. To get more information on how Matrix Fitness can customize something for your team, contact Matrix directly at greg.lawler at matrixfitness.com and tell them Leave Your Mark sent you. I'm excited to announce our newest sponsor, Push. Whether you're coaching your athletes from the gym or remotely, the Push Pro system allows you to make meaningful training progress no matter where you are. The Push Pro system is the only coaching solution that empowers over 5,000 coaches to plan, track, assess, and improve athlete performance using real-time velocity data in one integrated system. Now, for a limited time, you can get 15% off any Push Pro system if you use the discount code PUSHPRO15. Just head to the Push website at www.trainwithpush.com forward slash performance and use the discount discount code PUSHPRO15 to get 15% off your Push Pro system. Hello and welcome to Leave Your Mark. I'm Scott Livingston and today I have the pleasure of speaking with Jennifer Noyles. Jen is a strength conditioning professional currently acting as the Senior Director of Performance Staff Development for EXOS. Jen is a Canadian who found herself through her education pathway eventually seeking residence in the United States, marching up the ladder of the performance 
system with Exos Corporation. She has served a number of roles along the way, finding herself in California, Texas, Phoenix, and Minnesota. In a 12-plus year career, she has cultivated many experiences that have shaped the way she thinks and works. She mixes this technical knowledge with a passion for physical conditioning and challenging herself to reach higher. I'm pleased to have her on the show today. Welcome, Jen. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. One Canadian to the other. (laughs) There's a lot of us, a lot of us in this industry, both in Canada and in the U.S., so... Well, I had a conversation with a mentor of yours, Anthony Slater, a little while ago, um, and there's a whole host. You know, you went to Queen's University, and we'll we'll thread the needle on that and come back. But um, you know, that's a place that seems to have uh, fostered a lot of well, a lot, a lot of exos people, but a lot of people in strength conditioning and performance in Canada. Adam Douglas, yourself. Uh, Anthony, um, Dale Lablands, there's a whole whole coterie. And actually, Exos has, actually, has employed a fair number of Canadians uh, with Steph Underwood and a whole bunch of other people. So what is the, what is the thread of Canadianism that seems to uh, keep Mark interested in the people who go down there and work for him? Right. Now, I, you know, I actually have I've thought about that before. And actually, in, in preparation for, uh, for this podcast, you know, just you were naming, you know, a list, list of names, right? And it, it brings me back to my, my university days. And I've often asked myself, is it, is it Queens that brings something out in people? Or is it the people that choose to go to Queens? Um, either way, I mean, every single name and human that you mentioned there just just has such a passion for what they do, right? And so my my lens, my journey falling into human performance, right? I can only say that I met really, really motivated people at Queen's University that ended up, you know, becoming the best of the best in strength and conditioning and human performance. But similarly, I'm sure there's some, you know, physicist or mathematician that would say, hey, we're also known known there for, for, you know, doing that as well. So I think it's, it's really a testament uh, when you can find people that are like-minded or have similar passions, but then motivate and push each other. Cause I think every single one of us at some point have talked to each other to say, should I do this? What do you think about this? And speaking from my experience with Anthony Slater, he was always a really great person just to be a, a soundboard, right? He would never tell me what to do, uh, but he would certainly be great at listening to it. Um, and I, I think, you know, Mark is, is very similar, right? You don't know what you don't know. And he's had a, a really good track record with, you know, trusting some of the people that have joined the company. And so when I say, hey, Dale was a great intern or Anthony Slater said, hey, we should we should maybe give Jenny Noyles a chance. You know, Mark was very open minded to that. Uh, and I'm extremely grateful for that, because if it's not for these people, um, you know, certainly I, I believe that you yourself you know, have to seize opportunity and, and take advantage of it. Um, but sometimes it, it's just really helpful when there's someone that that thinks there's something in you to give. So. Mm-hmm. That's very cool. I'm going to circle back to that after I kind of thread back to your history, because your history is quite dynamic and interesting. You you were born um, 
in Canada, but it sounds like you were only luckily born there because your mom had come come back to Canada after being in, in the Ivory Coast. And that's, I said, our thread of, uh, of interesting connection is my father was the high commissioner for Ghana for uh, about six years through the early 80s. So I was probably over on that part of the world around the time that you were uh, coming into the world. So uh, it's yeah. <laughs> interesting reality. That's but, interesting. Yeah. yeah. So tell me about your journey and uh, living in Africa and living in a few different places as you were as a kid and how that influenced you. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's really interesting, right? When people reflect on their, on their childhood. Um, I mean, cause, cause you only know what you know. Right. And so for me, you know, it's not that my, my upbringing or my, you know, life is, is better. It's just, it's just different than other people's. Right. And I think, you know, I have two parents that are very adventurous. There's well, maybe, maybe not as much anymore, but, uh, they still have that spirit spirit in them. And, you know, at a, at a young age, you know, both of them growing up in Canada, my mom's a school teacher. My dad's a, an engineer, uh, he's being from Canada. My, my father grew up in, in Montreal. He's bilingual and both of them together said, Hey, let's, let's go tour the world. If, if there's an opportunity to, and being a, a bilingual Canadian got hired by Caterpillar and they said, Hey, we need engineers that speak French. Uh, we're going to send you to the Ivory coast. And so there, my parents in their late twenties, early thirties were, were off, off going to, going to Africa, um, you know, and then I come along, uh, fortunately for me, I, I came two months early when my mom was home visiting family in, in Montreal, actually. Um, and it probably was a, a good thing at that time. Um, it was pretty, pretty, uh, dramatic way to enter the world two months premature. And it was, it was probably a, a blessing that my mom was, was back home, mm. um, at that time. But, you know, from there, uh, you know, I was too too young to remember the Ivory Coast. You know, specifically, I, I sometimes wonder. I have these images. Are those my own memories, or are they just pictures that I've seen that are, are making me think that I have this this memory? But there's proof proof in the photo albums that I did live there at, at a young age. Um, but really, that was just the start start of the journey for my parents. We lived in in the Ivory Coast. We lived in Switzerland. That's where uh, I do have a younger brother who, who was born in Switzerland. Uh, we then made our way to England, ended up in the United States in Decatur, Illinois. Uh, Caterpillar is, is the hub is in Illinois. Um, we then spent some time in, in South Africa. Uh, and then really the, the journey was, okay, what do, I, what do I do now with my life? I say I'm Canadian, but I've, I've never lived in Canada and, you know, it was time to think about going to university. And I said, you know, now's the time to, to go home and, and see what it's like being Canadian. Um, it's interesting because when Anthony spoke about his children growing up in Africa and to them at you know, such a young age, going to the cottage, you know, was Canada. And that, that literally was growing up every summer. My mom was a school teacher. So we, my brother and I and her would go ship up to the family cottage and we'd live there all summer. And other than this year with COVID, I have gone there every single year since I was six. Um, and so to me that, that was Canada. Mm. But again, as an adult, I, I knew there, there was more, I needed to spend more time with my family. Didn't, didn't know them super, super well. And um, yeah, I just, I had a very unique, unique childhood, most definitely. Where so. was the cottage? 
uh, in a, I don't know if you've heard of Halliburton, Minden. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. So we're, we're kind of in this little, little town called Inglesby on Lake Cashag, Wigamog. I love saying that. Uh, it's beautiful. It's home. And what's really neat is both my parents have retired and they're spending more and more time up there uh, when they're able to. So I love it. Absolutely love it. How did that that diversity of um, location, kind of you having your home in one place during the year and then going to the cottage, how did that sort of, how do you think that shaped you as a person now as you look back on it? Yeah, I mean, I can I can tell you certainly as a as a young person, you don't really appreciate things as you as you should, right? And I, I would always get this kind of feeling in my gut when my parents would sit my brother and I down, and things would be awkwardly quiet, and you know, my dad would say, "Well, kids." It's uh, it's time. It's time again. We're we're moving on, right? And I think as a as a young person, um, that just creates a lot of anxiety, right? Is you know, in in you know, less than a month or maybe two months, your whole world would be turned upside down. Um, but really, looking at it now, reflecting back on it, there's always constants in your life, right? My, my family, the nuclear unit, the four of us, my mom, my dad, my brother, you know, and myself, my brother, um, we were always in it together. Right. So I think that that was always something that was, was a crutch, right. Knowing that, Hey, yeah, my first, first day at school at a new school, the first month might be, might be terrible. Uh, but I have my family, uh, but then what kind of, you know, changes it a little bit more as you very well could be in a country where you don't speak the language. It's, you know, customs, everything is is different, right? Um, and I think when you're young, you can really allow your mind to like spiral out of control, thinking all the what ifs. And really my, my parents did a really good job of, of grounding us, just knowing, hey, this this is an adventure. You'll be fine. We'll be fine. It might It might suck a little bit, but It'll, it'll be fine. And, and I think, you know, relating that to myself as an adult, you know, cha- change is a constant. And I think all of us recognize that at different points in our life. And I now I can say this, I experienced that quite young. Mm-hmm. And so as an adult, when I, when I was having or still having to make hard, challenging decisions, um, you just, you just have to have some silent confidence in yourself and, and know things will, things will be okay. Um, and that was really, has always been my approach to, you know, work and my career is say, yes, yes, mm-hmm. you may be in LA one day, but, oh, maybe you'll be in Texas, you know, two years later. Right. Uh, and, and there's part of it where you just kind of have to be brave and jump off the deep end and, and just go for it. Right. It D- doesn't mean that it hurts. It, that it doesn't hurt. I mean, um, that that's also a given, but you just, you just learn how to, how to deal with it, I guess. So. It provides some, some sense of, um, at least, uh, knowing that you will, um, as you do it over and over again, you get more affirmation that you will come out on the other side of the wash, uh, in a, in a good place, so to speak. I'm wondering, um, you you mentioned that you know you, you went to university, but and coming to Canada to go to school was this experience. But you weren't sure what 
the heck you were going to do. And so tell me about the discovery process of going to school and then eventually sort of finding your niche in phys ed and how does that happen? The Push Pro system is your all-in-one coaching solution used by professional sports teams in every major league globally. The system includes Portal, an online data management system that helps you program sessions faster, the Push Band 2.0, a wearable accelerometer that tracks key performance metrics, and the Push app that lets you see the velocity and power of each rep in real time. Now, for a limited time, you can get 15% off any Push Pro system if you use the discount code PUSHPRO15. Just head to the Push website at www.trainwithpush.com for slash performance and use the discount code pushpro15 to get 15% off your push pro system. Matrix Fitness is a global brand of exercise equipment managed locally in the countries it serves. In Canada, Matrix Fitness has 56 employees, four offices, a technical support team across Canada covering all regions and serving some of the biggest fitness and hospitality brands in your community. In 2021, Matrix will celebrate its 20th anniversary and sixth year within Canada. An emerging market for Matrix is its sport performance and athletic training portfolio. While Matrix Fitness has gained significant momentum in the fitness market, strength and conditioning is evolving, and for that they need to collaborate with some good people. In the second half of 2020, Matrix launched its own Canadian Ambassador Program, a partnership that looks to do exactly that, work with good people who serve athletes. This is an opportunity to be part of a growing and emerging brand in the ever-changing industry of sport performance. For more information on their ambassador program and exploring the details of how it might work for you, please contact the Vice President of Business Development, Greg Lawler. Please reference the Leave Your Mark podcast and reach out to Greg at greg.lawler at matrixfitness.com. Oh, Scott, that's such a, that's such a good question, right? So I, um, I was certainly a self-proclaimed, you know, goody two-shoe in high school. Um, I always, I always knew my destination. So to probably, uh, age myself, my, my favorite show in high school was ER, right? So in my mind, I thought, oh, I want to be a doctor. I'll go, go home to university. I'll go, go to Canada. Um, you know, I'll, I'll study, you know, pre-med, right. Or what we call like a life science. Um, it, it was a real eye opener. I mean, I could do it. I enjoyed it, but just kind of the thought of, man, this could be my life, not for just undergrad, but wow, do I love this enough to want to commit this much to it? Right. Um, and also the realization I, I did a little stint, um, later on in my career or not later on in my school career where I served as a student athletic trainer with the football team. And I remember seeing the first, you know, elbow dislocation. And I just, I was like, no, you know, it's probably a good idea. You weren't a doctor. Maybe an athletic trainer isn't a good idea either. (laughs) Um, You know, and, and so it's, it, I went to university thinking I wanted to be a doctor, but then very quickly found out, Hey, I don't want to do this felt kind of lost for the first time. What am I going to do? So then I, I think as a, as a young person, you're looking for these, these, you know, concrete like flight paths, right? So in my mind, if it's not med school, 
what about law school? And so I did a, a minor in uh, political in poli sci, political science, and, and I loved it. Right at, at the time, I, I was uh, rowing with the Queen's rowing team. I go with my my jock friends in the morning, right, and then like two hours later. You know, after I got some breakfast, I'm sitting in a classroom talking about like political theory. And I was like, man, this is kind of cool too. But um, again, is is this what I see myself doing, either being a servant of the government or um, being a lawyer or a, you know, a, you know, a, you know, a professor, right? And still, it just, it wasn't, the feeling wasn't there, like this was my calling. But, you know, the one thing that was always constant was I, I worked at the phys ed center. I worked at the front counter. Uh, I played sports. I uh, was working at the local YMCA, right? But I think at the time, I never thought that I could make a career out of, out of what we call now human performance, right? So again, my, my, mo- my mom being a teacher, so many late nights of helping her put up bulletin boards and like staying in the classroom. I'm like, I'm not, I'm not going to be a teacher. Right. And so this idea that, Hey, if I did phys ed or kinesiology, I'd be a teacher and I don't want to do that either. Um, but then, you know, it, I just remember having this conversation with my parents one night and they just said, we always knew you'd be involved with sports. That's just who you are. Even, even when you were a, a kid, Right. And it was almost like my parents have never put pressure on me to say, you have to do this. I kind of made that up in my mind that that they would be disappointed in me somehow saying, hey, I went to university, but guess what? I'm going to I'm going to go work in a gym. Right. I'm very lucky. My parents just they just want me to be happy. Right. Um, And so I think I I eventually found myself into kinesiology you know, they call it kinesiology now, but physical health and and education. Um, That was probably the best, best kind of victory, victory laugh anyone could ask for uh, in undergrad. Myself uh, and one of my colleagues or or friends, Mike Batoni, he had also transferred into phys ed. We had all the science prereqs. So literally, like, I think our Tuesdays and our Thursdays was weight room in the morning, volleyball in the afternoon. I worked at the equipment counter. I mean, I was just in the phys ed center all day. Uh, But which is interesting now, looking at my career, I just always love still being that the first person that's in the facility and then the last person that shuts the lights off at night. Um, and I think the, the one thing I would, would tell anyone that's kind of struggling with, you know, what, what should I do is, you know, be forgiving of yourself just because you make one decision today doesn't mean that that's, you're stuck with that the rest, rest of your life. And, I just, I had a lot of sleepless nights, a lot of tears, a lot of upset stomachs, anxiety. And heck, I was only what, like 22? I'm like, oh my gosh. And I just look back at that time. I'm like, just calm down, girl. Don't take yourself so seriously. You know, mm. your passion, your passion will find you or you'll find it. It just, you might be lucky and know it right away, or you might stumble into it. Right. Got to be open to that. That's great advice. I like that. Um, so who's the first influencer you bounce into there that kind of starts to get you to think that you could get into the performance side of human performance versus you're kind of in the athletics facility and fitness and all that kind of stuff? 
Yeah. Um, so, you know, funny story, I, I was working at the equipment counter, <laughs> right. And, and one afternoon, uh, again, my mentor and, and one of your previous guests, Anthony Slater, you know, he, he'd like clockwork would come in late in the afternoon. And at the time, you know, this, these, you know, the idea of bungee cords or, uh, medicine balls, like, I mean, that just wasn't around the weight room and we'd always keep that kind of equipment, um, behind, behind the desk. Right. And he'd always come and check it out. And, uh, I'm not a, I'm not a very shy person. And, uh, I just said to him one day, what, what are you doing with all this? You know, Anthony's not the most verbose person. And I think, you know, probably back then that was an early test is, Hey, if you want to see what I'm doing, come meet me this time. Right. And I don't know if he was surprised or not, but, but I showed up and uh, we didn't really talk. We just worked out together and I realized, holy crap, I don't, I don't know what he's doing, but this is hard. This is challenging. This is interesting. This is different. Um, and I think, you know, whether he was testing me or not, or just that kind of person that, that helps you to, to elevate yourself just by who they are, um, we, you know, fostered a, a friendship. You know, he, he was older than me, was, was wrapping up at Queens. And I just remember, um, I said to him, Hey, how, how do I, how do I know this stuff? Like, how do I get to know what's in your head? And he said, Hey, I, I did a really cool internship out, you know, on the West coast with, uh, Mark Verstegen athletes performance at the time you should apply. And then that, that was, that was kind of it. Um, again, it was, you know, every, it, it sounds like you just kind of stumble into these things. And, and I would say me stumbling, me stumbling into Anthony was that, right? But I made the decision, I want to know more. So I took up his offer and I met him in the gym, right? Then the next step was, hey, you should do this internship. And I was like, okay, I'm, I'm going to do it. I'm going to research it and I'm going to do it well, right? And I think that, that for me, I've, I have a lot of interests, a lot of different passions, you know, but at the end of the day, sometimes you just, you just have to commit to something and do it and, and learn in the process. And, you know, when I got out there to the West Coast, it just opened my eyes to even just the concept of this, this multidisciplinary team, right? We had a dietitian, we had a physical therapist, athletic trainer, strength coaches, and there, there weren't silos. And I know anyone listening now would say, well, that, duh, like the thing, things aren't siloed, right? I mean, but, but the idea of taking that pro sports model or even that collegiate model in the private setting, like I had never seen that before. Uh, and I just knew right there and then, like, these are the people that I want to be around. This is the environment I want to be in. And I think just, I, I'm a very just physical person. I, that's my lifestyle. And I was like, man, I could even just, I could work out as much as I wanted to. Right. I mean, so like, there's all these like win, 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 win. Um, but at the end of the day though, um, it wasn't just doing an internship that, that got me hired. Right. And I think, you know, so, some individuals, right. You, you, you can't just do something for the sake of doing it. Right. It's, you got to do it well with the intent of, Hey, if I do a really good job at this, maybe I could get hired by athletes performance. And, and that was always in the back of my mind. Never did I imagine that uh, a year within finishing undergrad that, that I would get a call. 
right? I just, I honestly thought it was something that, hey, I have to, I have to put even more time in, right? Um, and, you know, Anthony gave me a call and he's like, hey, I know you're thinking about going to PT school, but uh, we, we opened up a facility in Florida. I kind of told them like, hey, this girl did a really good job. Talk to my colleagues, you know, when she did her internship, give her a chance. And I was like, okay, let's do it. And he's like, don't mess it up. <laughs> I'm like, okay. He's like, it's, it's yours to do well, or it's yours to mess up on. Right. And, and literally I, I think people don't realize this, but I wasn't hired full time or with the promise of, Hey, this, this is, this is yours for however long you want. It literally was, Hey, we, we need a coach. We're going to bring you in. You have to do a really good job and hopefully you can stay in the jobs yours. Right. And so I was like, man, okay, that's, that's a challenge. I, I want to get hired after my initial, you know, four or five months. Um, yeah. And that's kind of, kind of history. I've, I've worked for Exos or athletes performance ever, ever since. So. Very cool. How, my interpretation in reading the stuff that you sent me was that you kind of went back to to Queens for a short period of time to was to finish your degree. And then yeah. I'm just wondering mm-hmm. how your interaction with Mel Torcalacci, um, how she influenced you. Cause she's been somebody that's been sort of a steady element of Queens, but sort of unsung in sense in the background of what she's done there yeah. over the years. And, and what did, she, how did she influence your, your professional career or not? Yeah, no, Scott, I'm really glad that you brought Mel up because what you just described is, is her, uh, Mel, Mel isn't terribly flashy. She's not terribly loud, very consistent. Um, and I just remember taking one of her, uh, weight training, strength training classes. Right. And again, it was this realization that I didn't know any of this stuff. Right. Again, like you know, I'm in my, my, you know, late thirties. I just, I just played sports. I just played soccer, right. The, this, this idea of like strength and conditioning just wasn't, wasn't part of the vernacular, uh, growing up. Um, sure. Maybe we did one or two classes here just so that, you know, the gym teacher wasn't worried about us in high school, like hurting ourselves. If like he left us, left us in the gym. Um, so I think it was more that, you know, I, I didn't know what I didn't know. And I recognized that this woman had a, had a history of working with the track team, working with the throwers. She wrote a lot of the different, you know, programming for some of the varsity sports, took one of her classes and just, you know, I, I learned a lot from her. And so just knowing what she did, she, her career, even athletically, I was like, you know, I, sh- I should probably listen to this, this woman, you know, about career choices and, you know, how do I get, how do I learn more in strength and conditioning? And, and she, she had been an advisor of, of Anthony Slater's. And again, that wasn't something that she forfeited right away. It's like all these people in my mind, I'm thinking they were testing me this whole time to see if I was like serious about this. <laughs> um, and I think she just, again, she would invite me to come into the weight room, you know, and, and I, I did. Uh, and then, you know, sure enough, she was like, Hey, you should, if, if you want to be serious about, uh, you know, a career in human performance or strength and conditioning, you should really look for an internship. So I did research, you know, within Canada 
And she's like, nah, think, think big, think the States. Right. And I was like, okay, it didn't even, that didn't even occur to me. And she's like, I'm going to give you a name, Anthony Slater. And then I made the connection. I was like, ah, oh, the guy that gets all the weird stuff at the weight room. Right. Um, you know, and, and so again, these things were there, but I, I, I had to connect, connect the dots. Right. Mm-hmm. And fortunately, you know, Mel was always super supportive. Uh, she said, Hey, as part of your phys ed degree, you can always choose to do a, a special project. I'd be be happy to be your advisor. Um, and that's, that's, that's where it started. Hmm. It hasn't ended yet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I want to spin off that because um, it's kind of an interesting segue into the idea of, it, you know, as you're cutting your teeth, it's kind of a period of time where I think more women are starting to come into the performance industry, but it is an industry that's quite dominated by guys and the sports that are high profile and performance obviously there's been changes in that in the last 20 years as well but you know in the early 2000s and into the 2000s you know is it's it was still kind of the big men's sports and so how are how do you negotiate and and tell me about the experience of being a woman coming into performance into a facility like Exos where you've got you know all these NFL um, you know combine uh, guys who are trying to get ready for and these different sports and high profile athletes and and there's it's there's a male there's a testosterone space there how do you how do you create your wedge and create your your sort of identity in that space Yeah no I think yeah, that, that's super fair question, right? And just, you know, super relevant, right? Um, I think, you know, maybe one thing to kind of start with is I've always always kind of been gender blind, <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> like what I mean by that is like, you, even, you know, as, as a young girl, um, you know, I, I, I swam, I did gymnastics, you know, my, my parents just knew me really well, like, hey, wow, this girl is coordinated, she likes to be active, Um, you know, and it was probably in middle school that I fell into team sports and I just, I fell in love with soccer. Right. Um, again, thinking back in the early, you know, late eighties, early nineties, um, yeah, I went to an American international school and, and girls played soccer. Right. But it wasn't necessarily common for a lot of girls, you know, my age in, in England to, to play soccer, Right. And I just remember I was like, mom, dad, I I need to get better. And they would send me to camps and I'd maybe be, you know, out of like 30, 40, you know, kids, you know, the token girl or maybe, you know, there'd be three other girls. Right. And I think um, when you have success or you you how do I say this? When you when you have success with something, uh, it's just it's it's a motivator. It's positive reinforcement. Enforcement, right. And so I think early on, I, I knew, I knew I was good at sports and it gave me confidence. Right. And so again, that started when I, when I was younger. Right. So, so this idea that, Hey, I, I want to be the best. I was really drawn to the, the big sports, you know, football, hockey. Right. Cause again, at that time when I did my internship, those were the sports. Like if you were anyone and you needed experience to become a strength and conditioning coach, if it weren't at the collegiate level, Hey, this is what, what you need to do in, in the private, private sector. Right. So 
whether it was justified or not, I just, I had confidence in myself. Um, you know, I think Mark and the team created a really great atmosphere, just culturally a great work environment. Um, everyone worked really hard. And that was the thing. Whereas, yeah, maybe at first, you know, if, if a guy or a gal wasn't used to having a female strength coach, some of them would say, ah, you're the first girl I've ever worked with like, Oh, okay. Right. Um, I mean, so that, that was very real at the time, but I think, you know, some of the feedback I've gotten from some, some of the male professional athletes, even some of the female professional athletes were like, man, you just busted your butt when you were an intern. We're like, man, that girl hustles. Cause for them, that, that was sport. That's their life. Right. Is you, you have to hustle. You got to work hard. Right. And I think that was part of it. Uh, Another piece of it was, um, you know, my, my dad and my mom would always say, if you don't know something, don't pretend that you know it. Right. And I just remember one of the, the NHL guys was like, Jen, why, why are we doing it this way? I'm like, you know, Rich, I got to think on that a little bit more. And I just remember, he's like, that's the girl, that's the response. No BS from this, this person. Right. And it just, it just made me realize, Hey, I have a passion for something if you work hard and hustle, if people value that, they will see that and they will respect that. Um, and that's really what I just recommend to everyone, whether you're, you're a female or you're a male, just do your best. Don't pretend to be something that you're not, but don't fool yourself, especially in strength and conditioning. There's a lot of money that rides on this. You have to know your stuff. There's, there's no ifs or doubts about it, right? So did I practice? Did I ask my, you know, my, you know, the master coach or my intern supervisor, Hey, can I have the script for next week? So I can physically put myself through what we're going to ask the athletes to. He's like, sure. Right. And so for me, that that's part of it, right. Is before I ask someone to do something, yes, I'm not an NFL lineman. I'm not going to lift what they lift. I'm not as fast as them either, but minimally I've put myself through what I'm going to take them through. So I have a better understanding of what it requires, but also you can't, you can't be a strength coach and fall down every time you jump, right? Like that, that's just in my opinion, that might sound harsh, but you, you got to be able to walk the walk, talk the talk, uh, but also know, you know, what are you good at and what do you need to get better at and, and continue to, to work on those things. Right. And so for, again, kind of bringing it back full circle, um, you know, at the time, you know, just like I was the only girl at that soccer camp when I was 10, you know, there, there weren't any other female interns at athletes performance at the time. And, and probably for the first, you know, four or five years of my career, I was kind of, I was kind of the only, only female. Right. Um, but it never felt, it never felt weird. Hmm. And I, I have to say, you know, people often will say, well, how did, were the athletes respectful of you or your coworkers? I'm like, well, why, why wouldn't they be right? I, I've, I've been very fortunate. I've never, I've never experienced that, um, you know, anything different because I'm, I'm a female. Right. And, and I've, I've, I recognize that not everyone's had the same journey as me. Um, but I've, uh, again, had had a very positive experience and, uh, you know, a lot of that I attribute to the, the culture um, that athletes performance and Mark has, has kind of set, set the standard for. 
Mm-hmm. Well, it, you, you make a, a really good uh, point, and it's kind of to circle back on that for the listener, if there are uh, ladies listening, like the thing that's come across to me from some of the different women who've cut their teeth in this industry when they've been successful and really it hasn't been a, their, their gender hasn't been a factor is when they didn't make it a factor. Like I spoke mm-hmm. to both Sue Falcone and Tina and Tina Murray, who are obviously very accomplished women in the industry, so to speak, both, both and both, have said to me, you know, the reason I, I, I think I've been successful um, in this kind of male-dominated space is I never really considered myself, you know, anything but the professional that I was versus right. the, the, the gender that I was. So, you know, I think that's a, and you, you make the same point. I think that's really powerful. Just work hard. Yeah. Right. Exactly. And, and a lot, a lot is possible if, if you, if you work hard and you know your stuff for sure. So being in, in this organization at the time, it's athletes performance and then it turns and converts into Exos. But, you know, there's a lot of call it industry, um, movers now who are there in those earlier days that you're kind of around interning and then growing in your pathway, the Nick Winkleman's, the Sue Felsons, mm-hmm. the Brett Bartholomew's, uh, all these people, Daryl Ito, et cetera. So what, you know, in being in this kind of garden of growing trees, so to speak, how does that affect you? Do you think when you look back, does it challenge you to be better than maybe you would have been if you'd been somebody somewhere else? And, and does it make you more well-rounded and uh, allow you to see more things maybe as a younger professional than the average one would yeah most most definitely you know I I think there's there's a couple couple of things to kind of tease tease out of that right you know similar when we started the conversation about what is it about Canadians what is it about Queen's University right (laughs) um you know and and yeah I mean Exos has wonderful talented smart you know people that work for it. So again, chicken or the egg, is, is it the people that find themselves, you know, going to Exos or is it Exos that brings this out in, in people? And, and I would say it's both, right? So Brett Bartholomew is a really good friend of mine, Nick Winkleman, uh, also a really good friend. And, and, you know, I've, I've been very fortunate to, to work with them. Yeah. You know, I always say whenever you're out of your comfort zone, uh, and, you know, I've done external education with these guys in the middle of like Timbuktu, right? And you really realize like, wow, I, I can rely on these people. Like our equipment, you know, didn't show up. So Brett and I are thinking, how the heck are we going to pull off this mentorship without these bungees, right? But there's just something about it that was just, that, that's Brett, that's that's Nick Winkleman, right? Um, they're problem solvers, right? Um, and I think you know individuals that enjoy problem solving uh, and they want to do it with like-minded people, they're they're going to be attracted to those opportunities, right? And and I would say Exos for me has I've had a lot of different roles, you know, consistently always been a coach, but I've from a career perspective, I've, I've dabbled in things that I never thought I would dabble in. Right. Um, you know, similarly, you know, some of the, the names of individuals, you know, they've, they've always been hungry and they found new opportunities and, Hey, I want to be my own entrepreneur. Right. And I think the, the constant there is just this hunger, hunger to be better. And you don't know what you don't know and be attracted to the opportunities 
that, yeah, even at first it, it, you might not be really confident with the decision, but ultimately, you know, Hey, it's good to be uncomfortable. I've never thought of things this way. So I'm going to seek out that, that opportunity. And, you know, again, Exos has provided that, that for me where, you know, what, seven years into my career, eight years into my career, I, I, you know, left the, you know, facility, you know, establishments and found my way up in Minnesota working with Mayo Clinic Sports Medicine Department, uh, bringing, you know, human performance to their clinic. I mean, 15 years ago, I never would have thought that that was something that I would do. Right. And so I think, you know, some of it is the individual, but then also the environment. Right. And, and yeah, I think I never want to take away from what these individuals bring to the table because their, their success is, is theirs. Right. And I'm just so fortunate to have interacted with them and have great memories and, and I'm motivated by them. I'm, I'm motivated by anyone that likes to do hard things, to be honest, Scott. So, um, it just, it makes me realize, you know, you don't know you're the lens. So, so challenge that challenge that with people that are different than you and, and seek out other opportunities. Uh, I want to pivot off that a little bit into how you weigh your opportunity. Obviously you've changed roles and places and things like that. So how, how have you made a decision, your decisions on, yeah, I want to, I want to stay put or I want to go on to this other thing because this is going to do X, Y, Z for me. How have you sort of made that decision to make that move when it has come to you? Yeah. Oh, if you talk to my, my dad, he'd probably say, Jennifer Noyles, make a, make a decision. Time, time's, time's ticking. Right. And, and I think, you know, kind of drawing from just the way that we grew up, right. I, maybe at 10 years of age, I had a temper tantrum. I am not moving again. Right. But sure enough, it's like, my dad's like, well, you don't have a choice. Oh, you're 10. you know, And, but I didn't, I didn't die. Right. I, I, but I also, you know, my parents would allow us to kind of mourn what we lost, but then very quickly look at like, what are you gaining? Right. And so to me that that's always kind of the lens that I look through things. Right. I I'm a people person. Relationships are really important to me. But if that was the only lens that I made decisions on, I'd probably still be at Queens University, right? Because you are always going to meet great, wonderful people. I knew consistently I wanted to coach, right? I wanted to get better at coaching. So that that really was the lens at which, hey, I love Rob, Be- Rob Bag. I love the Golden Gales that, you know, after my internship allowed me to, to work with them to get, you know, get experience, Um, but had I, had I been attached to that, I never would have then been brave enough to say, well, I'm going to move to Pensacola, Florida. Right. And so part of it is just knowing that, um, you're not going to make the wrong decision. You, you take the information you have at hand and just make the best decision you can. And yeah, there's going to be thing, positive things and negative things with every decision that you make. Right. Um, I know that can be really paralyzing though, because I am also, I've gotten better, but you know, perfection was always something that, that I thought needed to happen. Um, 
but I mean, that's, that's exhausting, right? Um, you know, so part of it is just enjoy, enjoy the journey. And so for me, I probably maybe wore it too much as a badge to be, I'll say yes, I'll go do it. Sure. I'll, I'll live in LA for six months, then go to Texas, you know, for, for another six and then go back. Right. Um, you know, and, and, but at the time, like that was fun. And, and I, I wanted, I wanted to do that. And had I not done that, I probably wouldn't have then been awarded the opportunities that I have now where it's like, Hey, at a very young age, I, I had worked at all the facilities and Hey, we're going to open up a new one. You've, you've done that a few times. Can, can you go do this? Right. Um, it would have been really easy for me to say to Jeff Sassone or Mark Verstegen, nope, I'm, I'm just, I'm really comfortable here. Right. Um, so I, I do seek out uncomfortable things because I know that's, that's where we grow. Right. Um, doesn't mean I don't cry or feel anxious or lack confidence. I mean, that's just human nature. Right. Mm -hmm. But at the, at the end of the day, just like my dad and mom said, you will be okay. You will be okay. Um, there, there, you may not know the timeline, which you'll start feeling better, but you, you will, you will survive. You will be fine. That's awesome. That's an awesome message. I love it. I don't know if you listen to my podcast, but there's a book that I discovered a while ago called The Day You Were Born. So I always read people's purpose from The Day You Were Born book. You are born July 10th, you said? Yes. So you are a cancer one. And your purpose is to use both strength and weakness to manifest your creative talents, turning adversity into advantage by your ability to use all sides of yourself spontaneously and without fear, to share your strength and fears with others, helping them grow. In this dynamic, sun and moon should have equal billing. Unfortunately, balance is not easily maintained. For the cancer, she need, the needs of others are probably overwhelming. There is a magic word that can make everyone disappear, said with conviction. It's no. The moon and sun will be in harmony when yes and no have equal opportunity. The sun-moon dynamics must know its limits. The cancer environment is very indulgent. Whatever cancer offers, the world will take and ask for more. Their competitive spirit also makes it hard for them to say no. Leslie Carroll a wonderful actress and dancer had to leave Hollywood in order to stop the excessive demands placed on her. Most miserable period in my life. I hate musicals. I had toe shoes on from 8.30 in the morning until 6 every night. I was constantly in agony. I had bruises and sprains and I couldn't heal. When I walked out of Hollywood after years of unhappiness, Fred Astaire and Gene Kelly both told me, Leslie, you're so smart to quit while you still can walk. The cancer should practice setting limits and their, their reward will be space enough in which to express themselves. I don't know if that resonates with you at all, but uh, that's your reading from my old book. <laughs> no, it, it, it does. Yeah, for sure. I mean, there's, there's some things we probably, probably haven't uncovered, but that, uh, yeah, on, on one hand, your, your listeners may think, oh, well, she, she just has this keen sense of adventure and is brave. Um, I mean, that, that's one piece of it, but, um, there's, there's also a downside to always saying yes. Right. And, uh, uh, just like what you read there, that that's something that I'm working on, right. It's, it's okay to say, say no, another opportunity will come. 
Mm. Well, on that note, has there been a cost for you to call it adventure slash uh, working hard? Um, you mentioned being liking being the person who comes in first and ends ends up leaving the end at the end of the day. So taking your work seriously, what's been the cost of that for you personally, or has there been? Yeah, and again, that's a great question. I, I don't think you know, I've, I've had loss or, or sacrifice, right? I think, um, we are who we are, who we are, right? We, what, you know, feels good to me, right? Who am I to say to someone, you need to work harder, show up earlier, stay later, right? I mean, that's that, you know, everyone has their own motivations and things that make them tick, right? I think for me, as, as I've gotten older, um, you know, my parents would probably laugh at this or my family would probably laugh at it. You know, I, I'm starting to ask myself, is, is it normal to always feel the need to be, you know, stimulated and have constant change, right? Because again, I would say, you know, since a little girl, there's been always big change in my life every three to five years, right? And that, that has, I've, I've kind of come to expect that, right? And I've been in Minnesota for almost, going on seven years, that, that has been very challenging for me from a mindset perspective, from a life perspective. Cause again, to me, change is, change is normal. Uh, and so for me, it's, it's starting to take a step back and, and look at, Hey, consistently in all your experiences, what are the constant things? Right. Um, cause who says that you can't stay in Minnesota? Right. Um, you know, and, and so I think it's it's looking at life just a little bit differently. And and um, it's really easy for all of us to get distracted. And I think we especially now in this this covid environment, I, as long as these these distractions aren't physically harming you or harming other people, it's it's a coping mechanism. Right. We, we want to wake up every day and have significance and feel important, have purpose. And sometimes that's lost. Right. And we distract ourselves. I've distracted myself a lot with work. Um, and so when that no longer is, is satisfying you, then you have to kind of sit and ask yourself, oh, what else can I bring to my life uh, to, to enrich it? Right. And uh, again, that's probably over the last seven years, that's that's come more to the forefront to me. Again, never thinking that I've I've lost something or I've, I've negatively sacrificed. It's more of, okay, what's, what's next? What else do I need uh, to have fulfillment? Because again, a lot of, a lot of my drive and motivation has been work. Uh, but I've, but on one hand, as I've also been very lucky because I love an active lifestyle and this, this work allows me to do it. Uh, but it, it often then means, oh, okay, I'm, I'm still, still at work. Right. Um, so yeah, I think, I think that's a, a really, really good, good question, Scott. And, and I think everyone, um, at different points in their life kind of have that sit down moment or moments saying like, what the heck am I, what the heck am I doing? Right. Um, you know, and, and I'm, I'm certainly not immune to that, but you have to wrestle, wrestle them. Mm -hmm. No one's immune to uncomfortable thoughts or feelings. So, well, on that note, um, you know, you, I, I would be remiss if I didn't talk about maybe this last year and living in Minnesota, you've been in a place that's been pretty, you know, there's been a confluence of stress and, and a lot of change and things like that going on in that, that town. Uh, how, how has that 
maybe affected you slash um, how have you learned from what you experienced living through this last year in that, in that city? Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's, I, I think just, you know, internationally, domestically, um, you know, there's a, a lot of things coming, coming to the forefront. Right. And um, just like I shared with you, you know, personally, COVID has, has kind of forced me to slow down a little bit and I'm, I'm having to, to tackle my own thoughts and concerns. Um, you know, for me, the, the, the biggest thing with this, this past year is just recognizing the, the human condition is, is fragile. Mm-hmm. Um, we, uh, I used to think we, you could be an Island and you'd be fine. You don't, don't need other people. Um, but relationships are important and, uh, valuing, people and them valuing you is, is, is very, very significant to the, the human condition. Um, and so, you know, sometimes it's hard with, with the media, you, you, you see, you can see a lot of negative, uh, but there's also a, a lot of positives with people coming together and, and being together and, and feeling connected. And, and that's, that's right now what I what I choose to choose to focus on. You know what what can I do to improve someone's life? Again, I'm very fortunate the career path I, I I'm on. I get to do that on a daily basis. But looking at the bigger picture, is there more that I can do to improve the lives of of others other than just the individuals that I train? Um, and that that again is is something that I've been thinking of more recently, probably in the in the past past year. Um, as a result of of everything that's been going on, yeah, it's um, you know it, it's an interesting element of performance sport is that it really does, especially in the United States, but uh, everywhere, it really does introduce you to the um, the idea idea of multiculture, mm-hmm. cultural viewpoints, interracial viewpoints, etc. What what have you taken away, or maybe? recognized that maybe the average person who doesn't get to work with those people uh, in, in those environments or, or or in racially mixed environments or spaces where they interact with different cultures what did you what have you taken away from that or learned about both yourself and about humanity through these diverse experiences of working with different cultures and people. Yeah. I mean, not, not just working with, but also just, again, you know, growing, growing up in a lot of different, different cultures. Right. Mm. Um, you know, this, this realization, you know, as, as, you know, as cheesy as it might sound, but you know, my, my mom as a school teacher was always like, you know, you have the right to your opinion, but be open and listen to other people's opinions. You'd be surprised what you'll learn. Right. Mm. And I think Scott, I had shared with you, you know, I, I was still am very competitive person. Um, I, I always wanted to win. Right. And I just remember a few times growing up where my mom kind of put me in my place and say, Hey, confidence is great. But did you ever think about, how you boasting about it might make your friend Sally feel right. And, and so I think if it weren't for my parents, I probably would be uh, very selfish, self-centered uh, and not just not aware of, of other people's lives and feelings. Right. Um, and, and so it, it's more of just growing up overseas, you know, working in a, a multicultural, you know, environment through sports uh, is like, hey, everyone has an opinion and they, they bring it to the table and let's discuss it and 
and, and make a decision. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and that, that, that has just been something that has been instilled in both my brother and I, and I think it's, some of it's my parents, some of it is just, you know, fortunately having the, the life experiences that we've had is again, you just, you don't know what you don't know. And, and you, you owe it to people to, to hear their side of things. Mm -hmm. Um, at the end of the day, you may not agree with it, but you know, I always just think, how do I want to be treated and, and treat people the same way? Right. Mm-hmm. I want to be heard. I want to be important. Right. Um, but if I don't give people the opportunity to, to share their sh- thoughts or their feelings, then I'm just making assumptions and that's, that's not right. Mm-hmm. So. That's a nice, nice, uh, thought perspective for sure. Um, last question. I want, to. Uh, to segue back to you building training programs for the Queens Golden Gales, if you ran into the Jen Noyles toiling away at building programs for those guys today, what would you say to her? Oh, man. Um, <laughs> I, I definitely overtrained them, right? I don't know if that was just like unbridled passion to like, hey, let's try this, let's try this, let's try this, right? <laughs> Uh, but at the same time, though, um, I think, you know, people people are very resilient, especially these these high end athletes. Right. Um, physically and mentally, people, I think, are, are, are capable of handling a lot. Right. And it's it's kind of our our responsibility to, to help them, like, find that ceiling. Uh, at the end of the day, though, I, I'm still a very firm believer. People people sometimes need to hit the wall. To say, oh, I, I found it. Okay, all right. I know what you were talking about now, right? Mm-hmm. Like that. Our job is to help, help guide. And so I would say, you know, to my younger self, well, it'd be kind of fun to look back at, you know, the volume of work that I was having these these guys do. Um, but I think there was just such an unbridled passion, and I, I still feel very confident that I that I have that. Um, but it's it's true in in moments where maybe I, I'm not feeling as motivated right? That, that's why you have memories, right? To look back at, hey, remember the good old times, right? And, and I just, I find myself saying that more and more. I'm like, why can't that exist today, right? Just, you might be the one that has to be the influ- influencer and bring it back, right? But if, if there was a time in your life where you were really happy and you enjoyed what you did and you liked the team dynamic, well, be the, be the one that, that brings that back, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I would challenge everyone with that, right? You're, the 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 culture and the mind the, the culture and the mindset where you work um, core values and, and your feelings but you know if you don't like something try and change it right I remember uh, talking to Mark about that one time um, you know if if you don't like the garbage can being there stop talking about it, go move it somewhere else. Right. And I just remember him saying that to me and I was like, Oh yeah. Why would I complain to the, the head honcho about that? Why don't I just go take care of it? Um, and that, that's just, that's just my approach. And what I recommend to other people is you, you don't have to feel stuck, figure out how to get unstuck, whether it's from a, a physical performance perspective and seeking out, you know, expertise, no, or it's just from a mindset perspective, right? I feel really just stuck at work. Well, I'll go go talk to someone who has a different perspective and maybe they'll shine some light on your situation. You don't have to take it, but you're not going to hurt yourself by listening to them. Mm-hmm. You might learn something. 
Awesome way to finish. I appreciate uh, your time today and I hope you enjoyed your hour of chatting. (laughs) Yeah. Well, thank you so much for that, Scott. Hopefully there's some nuggets of information that, that people can take Uh, minimally, you know, we all have our own experiences and um, you know, I just, anyone that's interested in getting, getting into this field or another field, just, just go for it. Life short, just, just jump off the deep end. Be brave. Thank you very much. So thank you, Scott. You're welcome. Thank you. Thanks for joining us today on Leave Your Mark. I hope we've left a mark on you today, and we wish only that you pay it forward by sharing this story, taking the time to rate and comment on this podcast. Please follow us at Twitter at Built by Scott and Instagram at King O'Payne and become a member of this community at Scott G. Livingston on Facebook. Have a great day. Music by Cedric de Saint-Rome. <laughs>